Welcome once again to The Real Money Show, hosted by Guild Hall Wealth Management. The number to get going is one eight seven seven eight silver and guildhallwealth.com is the website. We will give that out during the show, and we will be talking about gold and silver today. With me on the show, as always, is Jeremy Wiseman, Vice President of Guild Hall Wealth Management, and Paul Wiseman, the President and CEO of Guild Hall Wealth Management, is here this week after coming back from doing a little business uh, down in the U.S. and has been very busy as of late coming up to the June JCK show. We'll talk a little more about that throughout this hour that we spend with you. Today's show is going to be a busy one and we are going to talk a little bit about what the World Gold Council is saying regarding gold and silver on their latest quarter one report. Why an Egyptian millionaire, billionaire in fact, is taking half his wealth and putting it into physical gold. What's happening? with oil and gas prices in Canada and what it means to your bottom line as we come into the driving season. Now that, thank goodness, a little bit of the warm weather is here. We're going to talk about silver supply crunch. Bill Holter put out an article a little bit on the economy and the tight, tight pressure that is being felt by all of Wall Street, Bay Street, and all the other central banks around the world in terms of their balancing act with their books right now. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about how to get people into the market what they can do, the types of bullion they can buy. And to get the show kicked off, gentlemen, the World Gold Council released their quarter one report. It's a big report we'll make available to our clients at by the request. Uh, and if you would like to know more about the World Gold Council, essentially they, like the Silver Institute, release these quarterly reports and they are viewed around the world as one entity, one institution that reports on the usage, demand, and all aspects of the gold markets. Their quarter one report, gentlemen, uh, had a few interesting points. We know that price-wise we've been range-bound and wherever there have been a little bit of demand falling off for gold. They have said it is due to that range bound factor. But one point that they made very clear is that central banks added 116 and a half tons to their global official reserves in quarter one. And this was the highest addition to their reserves in quarter one uh, for four years. And it's in line with their average, which has been ongoing. As we said, they've been net buyers of gold and silver since 2010. So while they are telling us one thing, they are doing another. Jeremy. So what we do see is that so far this year, we're in May at this point, and gold has not gone below $1,300 an ounce. Um, we got some pretty good testing on that this past week, but it's it's been pretty flat. But again, we've been above $1,300 on gold, which is last year we were struggling around the low $1,200 range. So while gold is up, it has been range-bound. But ultimately, you're seeing countries continue to repatriate and countries are adding to their positions. You have to think about why is the smart money doing it at this time. But just consider the fact that the debts keep growing, that the central banks haven't figured out a way out of the mess that they've created and that they have to start thinking about, well, what's going to re-instill confidence into this monetary system eventually? There's going to be some sort of new reset or a change in the monetary system. We know that that's coming because there's a debt wall here with us and it's not going to be solved. And before we turn into the next Venezuela, you have to start preparing for for confidence in currencies. And one of the best ways that they've done that throughout history has been gold. 
Well, and if you look across the board at what's happening ultimately around the hotspots of the world, the G20 nations, that kind of change in mentality is not new. We've been spending so much time in the show over the years talking about central banks being net buyers of gold and probably in the future also silver to some extent if they could get their hands on it and hoard the product. There's not enough of it to go around. And it really does spell out very clearly what they believe is happening in the background. But that being said, gold prices were range bound in quarter one, as were silver prices. Both metals are up about a percent on the year as we tape the show on Thursday. And as we're in well entrenched into quarter two now, do the trends change? Do they do they get do they become different going into the summer months? I mean, Paul, what's your take on that? Well, you know, central banks buy gold for the simple reason that they print money. The more money they print, gold goes up in value. It's a hedge. Eventually, paper money, fiat currency will one day be worthless, and gold and silver will be the real money again. And that's what a new currency will be founded on is gold and silver, like it used to be. But as Jeremy said, there will be a reset. Uh, I just got back from the States, and um, I met with a lot of interesting people. But the thing that struck me was the amount of store closings across the U.S. and into Canada. Um, You know, some of the names uh, you will recognize, for example, Subway, you know, there's 500 store closings in the States. We were having a little back-to-back argument here before, myself and Darren, about how most of this business has gone to the Internet. I don't believe so. Uh, Bonton, closing 256 stores. Toys R Us, they closed 735 stores. Um... If you look at a company called Ascenta that owns Ann Taylor and Michael Kors and a few others, uh, uh, 268 stores. Best Buy, 250 stores. That's a lot of people being put out of work. Now, if you worked in Foot Locker, um, again, which closed 110 stores, you know, these people are not going to get jobs, you know, for $60 an hour working in... uh, as electronic engineers or as computer engineers or anything to do with finance. You know, there are people that make maybe $12, $14, $16 an hour, and they're going to have a tough time finding jobs. When I look at the job creation that comes out of the States, you know, it's smoke and mirrors because all these people that are being laid off, that's over 3,000 stores. Where are these people? Once, if they've got been paid some type of redundancy pay when that fee runs out they can't get a job they're going to be going on unemployment i you know i look at the u.s economy i speak to people the average average person is living paycheck to paycheck so wall street has done extremely well um the tax cut in the states that uh, the corporate tax cut has trickled down. A few people got $2,000 bonuses, but it really has not, will not help the economy because there's less revenue going to be coming into the U.S. government. They don't make anything. They don't make widgets. They don't sell anything. They just spend, spend, spend. The safest thing that you can do is have something that's going to be a hedge against inflation and against your money being watered down. This is why central banks buy gold. They don't care. If gold goes up, they can print more money. Simple as that. Okay, well, on that point, Paul, it brings us to another challenge, which is to understand what is behind those headlines. And since 
central banks are becoming and have been net buyers of gold to protect their currencies, as you said, Paul, among other things, uh, to put themselves in a protection mode, to give themselves insurance, as we've talked about uh, quite extensively. What are we seeing by the individual? Well, this week, gentlemen, uh, none other than uh, the Egyptian billionaire, Naguib Sawaris, uh, he took action. He put his money where his mouth is, $5.7 billion net worth. Uh, he put half of it into gold and not the paper kind. He's acquiring physical product. And this is one of the world's, he's on Forbes, world's richest list. And this is not a decision that comes lightly. He has a, a, a very extensive and long history of being involved in financial markets in Egypt and South Africa and all over the place, uh, had a stake in the, that part of the world's telecom uh, infrastructure, and he knows, is very knowledgeable about finances. Now, for a gentleman like this to go and take and put half of his entire wealth says a couple things. One, to hell with diversity. He's putting all his eggs in one basket, basically. And two, does he know something we don't? I mean, Jeremy, what are your thoughts when you see these kinds of things happen against the backdrop of, well, buy stocks, buy bonds, put your money in traditional markets? Well, uh, what he said about it was that he believes gold's going to $1,800 an ounce. So when we go back to the question you were asking earlier of, are we going to stay range bound here? No, this is nothing more than a buying opportunity. And we see our clients... Uh, who have been continuing to accumulate over the last few years, they wait for a little dip like we're seeing over the past week and they take advantage of the market. But he thinks the market's going to be going much, much higher from here. And I think 1800 is uh, very, very conservative to some of the numbers that we've been seeing in our community over the years. But he he's also pointing to the fact that China will not stop consuming, that uh, they're going to continue to grow, they're going to continue to need commodities, that the st- he's also said that the stock market in, in the U.S. is way too overvalued and that, you know, as usual, the Middle East is a very ten- tentative situation. So he's just looking for a safe haven where he can see growth happening and physical gold seems to be the way to go. Now, my question is to you, Darren, is how do you think he's accumulating all of this gold without the price skyrocketing? I mean, that's not a small amount of gold to be acquiring. And have a tough time acquiring it. Well, we know for a fact, having spoken with Andrew McGuire, uh, a friend to the show and to Guildhall, about a week and a half ago, that in fact, the Middle East region and the Asian region are having a difficult time right now acquiring large sums. You can buy in small quantities, you know, if you want 10 ounces of gold or 50 ounces of gold. Okay, we we can do that on a case-per-case basis. We know from our own suppliers that rationing occurs in larger order situations, so there has to be enough to go around always. And nobody wants to be the first to admit the problem that exists, which is there's not enough to go around. Well, McGuire told us that it's no doubt in his mind the prices are going higher, and that's one of the reasons why. So when you see a guy like this in uh, in the sense of being an Egyptian billionaire, you can't help but get excited about what he sees behind the scenes. This is a guy who's well-connected and knows. So in terms of getting and acquiring that gold, I'm sure it's a process. I'm sure it takes time to do it. It's not going to all be at one set price. It's not going to be all in one set location either. I mean, this is the problem... Um, you know, we deal in, in precious metals. We deal in gold, silver, platinum, and palladium. We offer a depository 
in different locations, whether you want it here in Toronto, whether you want it in Delaware, whether you want it in Singapore, or even if you want it in the Cayman Islands. Now, to get the product to Cayman Islands, uh, it has to be transported. You know, if you're buying silver, for example, a thousand ounces of silver weighs 70 pounds. Do you know what it costs to ship a hundred thousand ounces of silver? whether it's from here to Delaware or from Delaware to Toronto or from Toronto to Singapore, the logistics are crazy. So what would happen in this type of $2.5 billion? Would he buy $2.5 billion worth? Well, he's looking to put half as yeah, well. He may have bought some in Switzerland, some in London, some in New York, uh, you know, some in Singapore, some in even in Toronto. That product would be scattered to get it into one location, unless he's prepared to pay the logistics, the insurance, the shipping is exorbitant. And that's uh, where we offer even to our own clients the ability to store your product here in Toronto, in Delaware, Singapore, Cayman Islands, where it's physical product. You can visit it with bar numbers. That's one of the things that we offer at Guildhall, and we're very proud of it. That's a depository account. That's one way to get it in there. We will spend some time talking about other accounts here on the show today, gentlemen. Uh, if you do want to buy some gold and silver, it's very simple. If you're listening to the show and you're online, go to guildhallwealth.com. We have an e-store, top right-hand side of the website. You'll see Shop Online, and you can do that from the comfort of your own home, whether it be gold, silver, platinum, palladium, or a combination of all those metals. Lots of payment options there, and we can get that metal out to you free of charge anywhere in Canada, over $1,000 Uh, on a purchase. We're happy to do that for you. If you're looking to just simply come and make a purchase, you can call us directly. That number is 1-877-78-SILVER. We'll be happy to set up an appointment. You can make a purchase, take the product home with you. If you're looking to store, as Paul said, the depository is available. And gentlemen, I think we would be wise while the value is still here in both gold and silver to come back and spend a few moments talking about our allocated financing oh, accounts absolutely. as well. So we'll do that when we come back. And Jeremy, to and add... You left out one major area. Well, I was going to say, to add a little bit of value, I was going right there, to add a little bit of value to all of this proposition, since by the time our listeners hear this show this weekend, we'll have had our our seminar, uh, which is pretty full and we're excited about, uh, but we'll have been spending some time during that seminar talking about the registered accounts. Whether you want to put bullion in a TFSA, if you want to put bullion in an RRSP or set something up for your spouse, if you'd like to add something to an RESP for the children down the road, this can be done using physical, tangible hold in your hands. Go and view, as Paul said, at the storage facility, bullion of gold, silver, platinum, and palladium types. We're happy to do that for you. And as always, for every 5,000 US you put into the market right now, we're happy to give you one gram of gold for free. So that number is one eight seven seven eight silver The website is guildhallwealth.com. Jeremy, when we come back, we're going to go to the Bill Holter article. He has a little bit more to say about what's happening in the background behind the scenes. And uh, it's a reflection of the state of affairs that the US finds himself in right now. So we'll go there. We've got oil and gas prices. What are your thoughts as a listener coming into the driving season? Are you frustrated as we are about the gas prices being as high as they are? And a lot more on this show. We are tuned in here with you to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back once again to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. The number to call is one eight seven seven eight silver And if you are in front of a computer or plan to be, you can go to guildhallwealth.com. In the first segment, 
we did mention the types of accounts that we offer, and uh, there is something to be said for perusing over to www.guildhallwealth.com and taking a look at the actual type of product that we offer. There you can see pictures of the bars and the coins that are being offered. All product is LBMA approved, which means it's basically going to be able to be circulated around the world. Uh, good liquidity. Buying and selling on a phone call can be set up with certain accounts, and uh, you can buy online right through our e-store right there. Well, gentlemen, when we finished that last segment, we did mention a couple things about uh, physical versus paper. And one of the things we're talking about in the break was acknowledging the difference between the two and the importance of understanding that, because I think a lot of listeners will be listening to the show and leave the show thinking there are a multitude of ways I can buy physical product, but there isn't. Buying physical product means you actually buy the bar that you're owning or the coin that you're owning. It does not mean that you're buying certs or ETFs or promissory notes of any other kind. It doesn't necessarily mean you're buying a stock because you're buying the company, not the actual physical product. There's a multitude of things that people get involved with when they think about buying gold and silver. And Jeremy, more specifically, I had a call this week from a gentleman who's listened to the show long term took us, uh, took our advice to get into the market, but he bought certificates. Now, he, I he won't mention- He didn't buy certificates from us. Not from us. From he, I won't mention the bank that he bought from because that's got no place here, but uh, this bank is one of Canada's largest four, and they went uh, they went and, and made a big fuss about him buying from a firm like ours, and do you really want to get in storage, and it's cumbersome. And all these signs for me pointed to, and this is just my opinion, gentlemen, them not having the product because they're telling him certs are great, no storage, right? But they, charge, they charge for storage. On some do, some don't. His in particular is a thousand ounces of silver inserts broken up in four inc- increments. So 250 ounce certs, he's got four of them. Okay. And essentially he wanted to convert them to 100 ounce bars, 10 100 ounce bars, easy peasy. So for three weeks now, three weeks. The bank has not made a move to actually get the physical for him, but have instead kept calling him and telling him, it's coming, don't worry, we'll get this for you, putting him off every step of the way. Finally, he calls us and says, what can I do? And to his dismay, he found out that certs are not transferable. He can't bring those to Guildhall and expect us to convert them into metal for him. So Jeremy, we've been through this a lot of times, but this is unfortunately one of the things that people find out when they're dealing in paper versus physical. Yeah, I I remember I once had a client who bought a cert through a trust company in the 70s and these trust companies went out of business or got taken over by larger entities and when they did the one I remember this client discussing he had a cert with a trust company it got taken over by I think Bank of Montreal or something like that and then they couldn't find the cert anymore and it was null and void essentially so the you have to understand something when I put when you put a hundred dollar bill into the bank that's a security for the bank. You've invested in the bank. That's why they now have the CDC uh, sticker on all the banks. They're basically saying, you've invested in the bank. You're putting your cash in there. They're using it, and they give you a paltry return for that if you're lucky. If you do the same with your with your precious metal investments, you now have counterparty risk. So the reason that he's not getting his product back right away is, in my opinion, two or threefold. One, they're having 
they're they're just being pushed back with in terms of getting the product to them. No one really wants to bother doing it, so they're just not getting around to it. Number two, it is a security for the bank. He's invested the money, he just doesn't have the product. When he takes that product home, the 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 bank is no longer ut- able to utilize that those funds for their purposes. That's another so there's a pushback there. So that's the reason why there's a delay, delay, delay. At Guildhall, if there's a delay, we're at least communicating with the client before they make the purchase. We have to let them know, hey, look, your order's really large. It could take a week. It could take four days. Do you want to do half your order now? Wait for the other product to come in? Those sorts of things. So it's also important when you're dealing with anybody to have that sort of transparency. And we love giving that type of service at Guildhall. But what it comes down to ultimately is counterparty risk. If you own paper... If you can't hold it, you don't own it. So if you hold paper, there's a counterparty. And they will give you every trick in the book. They will say, well, this avoids the the logistics of carrying it home and burying it in the backyard and, you know, dealing with the security of it. Just trust us. We'll handle all of that for you. There's physical product there. Believe us. Okay. Let me go to the vault and personally audit it. Let me personally hold it in my hand. No? Oh, I can't do that? Well, then I guess you're my counterparty. You're the contract in between me and my gold. You know, when when the the water goes out to <laughs> to the ocean and you know the beach is empty, you're going to find out who really owns gold. And so if you're if you're interested in holding gold because you don't want counterparty risk, you want to know that your wealth is safe, then you want to know that you have actual physical products. So one of the things that you can do is contact us uh, for a brochure on physical storage and that comes with a list of requirements of what any storage facility should be able to offer you to make sure that you're getting the proper coverage for your physical bullion and just things like being able to personally audit, being able to take delivery anytime, being able to buy and sell, uh, making sure the type of product is is the right type of product, et cetera, et cetera. One eight seven seven eight silver is the number to call. Guildhallwealth.com is the website to go to. And on that note, Jeremy, there are, and Paul, I mean, we've talked about this at length. There are so many reasons why we love gold and silver. Uh, but among them, some of the most important include the volatility we see behind the scenes in the U.S. marketplace, the world's largest economy in the world, and the uncertainty that lies ahead for stocks and for the people of that nation and those who have invested in that nation. Now, there was an article out this week, Jeremy, from Bill Holter. And Bill Holter, for those that don't know, he's a very well-thought-of analyst in the silver and gold community. He is attached at the hip to uh, Jim Sinclair, and they do work together, and they present a lot of publication around the world. Uh, He's well-liked. And he wrote an article this week, Jeremy, in which basically he's saying, Take a look at something that's very important. It's the GDP growth of the U.S. And in this article, he basically states that there is nowhere to go from here. We can't expect there to be any crunch in the stock market and then have that followed up with another round of major um, liquidity brought in there. Can't be more quantitative easing. And the reason he states this is because he's suggesting that GDP is at a critical point now in which we can no longer really expect to see a big bump up in production, in manufacturing, in all the aspects of the economy which serve to help grow the economy and the GDP as a whole. 
but yet he's watching very closely the debt in relationship to the GDP. And basically, what is he saying? Yeah, this goes to what you were saying in the first segment, Paul, that essentially what he's saying is that you've reached debt saturation. You can have GDP growth and you can have debt. You can issue some debt. As long as the GDP growth is more than the debt that you're issuing, you're still growing. But once you're you're issuing more debt than you're getting back through through the gross domestic product, you're in the negative zone. And what he's pointing out is that there was consistent growth up until 2008, meaning that the amount of debt being issued wasn't hurting the GDP. It was still growing. But as of 2008, they issued so much debt to get out of the out of the problems that had been occurring that now they've just been piling on the debt. So essentially, it's like $2 of debt for every $1 of GDP growth. And that's debt saturation. Where do you go from there is the biggest question of all. The fact is, as you've hit the debt wall, it's the economy is not coming back. And to, to what you were saying in the first segment, Paul, is then you sit there and wonder why companies are going going out of business and closing stores left, right, and center is because it, it's at the point, it doesn't matter how much how much money you throw at the system. It's like having a, a hot air balloon with a hole in it. You can keep blowing and blowing and blowing, but guess what? This thing's sinking all the time. But also the store closings, you know, when you have 3,000 store closings, there's too many stores. You know, it's like there's too many restaurants. There's too many of of everything. Have you, you know, tried they, to get a reservation in Toronto? Yeah, well, that's a little <laughs> tougher in the high end restaurants. You know, the you know people that well healed go to you know nice restaurants, and it's tough to get in. But there's, in the malls, there's just too many stores of the same product. But don't you think it's just a natural fact that things have gotten more and more expensive? You know, we're going to talk about gas in a little bit talk about the rising cost of living and whatnot, and people eventually say, you know what, I think I'll actually get by with these pair, with this pair of Nike shoes said rather no than one. just... Said no one. What do you mean? No one says that. Every guy out there right now on the block saying, yeah, I got to have the Nike shoes, and you know what, the new ones just came out, I'm going to grab those too. Holter puts it great in his article because he says the exact exactly what we're thinking, and this, this is a sentence word for word. He says that... Uh, we have lived through a credit-induced holographic standard of living considered to be normal. Never, and he says, never throughout all of history has a genuine lifestyle been funded continuously on credit. Each attempt always failed miserably. This is the largest. This will be the worst. The only difference today is that more of the world is involved than ever before, along with more credit used than ever before. The only logical conclusion is the latest credit experiments, in which we have often said people are guinea pigs in this worldwide experiment of credit, is to fund a lifestyle which will fail on a far grander scale than ever before. Part of which is why he's saying, if you don't hold assets like gold and silver, if only for speculative flavor because you think the price is going sky high to 10000 in gold or 5000 in silver, whatever the case may be, then hold it for insurance. Protect your family, protect your wealth, do something for yourself long term. In which, you know, if you think to yourself, you're never going to be a huge fan of the idea of speculating gold and silver, fine. But are you a fan of having insurance? I think you are. 
So if you do believe what we're talking about and you would like to get into the marketplace, we think that now is a good time. There's a ton of value to be had. We offer gold, silver, platinum, and palladium at Guildhall. If you want to go to the e-store online through our websites, guildhallwealth.com, you can go there, shop anytime you want from the convenience of your own home, and the payment options are all there. If you want to open up a storage account, bullion is cumbersome. Paul mentioned earlier in the show, the logistics involved in moving a thousand ounces of silver is crazy, let alone tens of thousands of ounces. We offer the depository account, a place where you can come and visit your product, know it's there, have value, and, uh, you can get your bar numbers. It's allocated and segregated. But you've got the easy liquidity where you can That's sell right. on a phone call. And the phone call, it, mean, know, it may mean everything, Paul, at the yeah. end of the day. It may mean everything that somebody can pick up the phone when the timing is right and sell, as opposed to have to collect all their product, figure out where it is in the house, get well, it out of the safe. Out, if you're out of town. You're out of and work. the price yeah. is starting to come down. And, and that know. happens. We know it happens. Yeah. It happens. Well, so the price it's good is going up when you want to sell. It works yeah. both ways. So if you want to do that, you can do it as well. Again, the registered accounts are there. Get the TFSA open. If you don't have a TFSA, folks, do some due diligence. It's an important aspect of investing. You should have a TFSA. That means you can put bullion inside that TFSA up to 57500 if you qualify for the full amount. And that means if the price of silver and gold go much higher and you're holding this long term, that your gains are protected in that TFSA and account. And tax-free savings. Tax-free savings. Uh, there is also allocated financing, which we are going to talk about in the next segment. Gentlemen, when we come back, we're going to talk about the summer driving season. We've got some diamond updates to talk and discuss about. And uh, if you're as frustrated as I am about these oil and gas prices, well, maybe you can figure out the way we are, how to protect your wealth as we do here on The Real Money Show. You are listening to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management, and we are on Global News Radio 640. Toronto. And we're back to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. To my side, Paul Wiseman. To his side, Jeremy Wiseman. Myself, Darren Long, we're happy to be here. And there is a lot to say, gentlemen, about what we have been discussing regarding where the markets are at right now. In particular, gold and silver sit about a 1% increase on the year to date. They've been range-bound and present with great value at present. I'll tell you, before we get through this segment, we are going to spend a little time on allocated financing, which is one of the account options, which I think is an incredible way to get into the market. But if you're sitting at home, you're in front of a computer, you're lucky enough to have the iPad out or somewhere where you can safely go online, guildhallwealth.com is a great resource for you. There you'll find tons of information about the gold and silver market. You'll get the spot pricing for gold and silver that's being displayed right on our homepage and the e-store is there as well. You can request an investment package for free and have that delivered to you either physically or through email. You can get more information about the types of product that we offer and you can also delve a little more into the account we called Allocated Financing. So if you want to get onto the mailing list, you want to get those emails, the website is a place to go. Now, when it Why comes to- Why don't we to, talk about collateral yeah, when it comes to Allocated Financing. When it comes to Allocated Financing, this is, the, this is the type of account where we still deal in physical metal, but you're doing it at a fraction of the cost. In other words, we're using the concept of other people's money. Jeremy, this is something we enjoy doing, correct? 
Correct. So it's very easy. It, it kind of works the way a mortgage does, only you're not locked into payments. It's more like a flexible line of credit in that respect. What it is, is essentially you could buy a thousand ounces of silver. That's going to cost you, you know, a little, give or take a little over $18 an ounce US. So call it $18,000. And if the market goes up 10%, you're making 10%. If you've invested, uh, if your equity down payment was a full 100%. However, if you were to put up 50% as a down payment, so now you're getting basically two for one. You're able to put up uh, half of the the equity. So instead of outlaying a little over 18,000, you're actually only outlaying about just over nine, a little under 10. Now, if the market goes up $5, you, you've essentially made 50%. You don't need the price of, of silver to go up $18 to make, to make your money. So it's a great way to take advantage of other people's money. And another way that makes it makes it work is that, let's say, for example, that you're looking to invest $100,000, but you don't want to outlay the full 100. You outlay 50. You outlay half. That leaves you liquid, and, it le and you also have your, your product in the market. Now, this is allocated product. It's segregated product stored in Toronto. You would have access to go and personally audit your holdings but you're now able to finance that, whether it's reverse finance. So let's say, for example, you have um, 5,000 ounces of silver. We just You currently own it. You, you currently, currently own it. it. And let's say it's coming to uh, RSP time or birthday time or Christmas time. And you say, you know what? Kind of need a little extra cash. Rather than selling your product, you can borrow against it. And therefore- Put it to work. Put it to work. You still have the product in the market because you don't want to miss the moves. You know, you, th this is something that I think any, every potential investor could miss. You're going to wake up one day and silver all of a sudden is no longer in the 1680 range. It's all of a sudden at 19 and some people are thinking of selling because it's going to drop back down to 17 and then you blink again and we're trading at 25. This market is so small. It's minuscule. It's an, it's like a $17 billion market. That's, that's what it's worth. Uh, there's a billion billion ounces of silver, so it's 17 billion. This market can move really, really quickly. So you always want to keep the product in the market ready to go. When it comes to allocated financing, the way I like to share with clients what allocated financing benefits there are and why somebody might choose to do this and have some debt during the rise of value in silver and gold versus paying for it and not having it or taking it home or storing it, the one thing I say is picture Toronto 20 years ago. You go take a detached, single home, two-story, and maybe pick that up for three-quarters of a million dollars, maybe even less, 600000 650000 a nice home. Not brand new, not perfectly built by a custom builder, just a nice average home, two-story in Toronto, hard to come by. It's like buying a home 20 years ago for that value, and then 20 years later, that home is now two, three million dollars. It's a real investment. You've had time to build the equity in the home like you would in the silver as the price of silver rises because you're buying it at what we consider to be value pricing. You've got a long-term market ahead of you, which we have in silver and gold right now. And this is the exact reason we call it other people's money. And it's like that example. Those home prices went up dramatically and we think silver and gold will too. And it's a hedge. If you think that the real estate market's going to continue and you say, oh, okay, it's going to get 7%, <clears> 8% <throat> a year, whatnot, minus 
minus your taxes, minus the mortgage costs, minus, you know, uh, incidentals, fixing things, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, that's fine. But what if the interest rates start rising? What if we hit the next recession? What if Bill Holter is 100% bang on and we've hit debt saturation and all of a sudden, you know, interest rates rise a little bit and people start selling because they realize they can't hold on to it. Well, all of a sudden you see gold and silver taking off and you've hedged against those potential losses as well. So this is the idea of having insurance in your portfolio and you can't buy insurance after the fire. So it's good to have 10% of your net worth in precious metals. And maybe you decide, okay, I don't want to put my full 10% in right now. I just want to dip a toe in the water. That's where allocated financing could work for you. Excellent. One eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealthcom is the website. Speaking of something that can work for you, being ahead of the curve, gentlemen, we're coming into the busiest part of the year in terms of driving. We mentioned earlier talking about oil and gas. Many pundits in the marketplace right now, both on the U.S. side as well as the Canadian side, are talking about oil in various uh, for various reasons, whether it's pipelines, whether it's discussion of oil fields, whether it's discussion of oil pricing, this is all part of this grander scheme of things we know or call inflation. And what surprises me is that this week after uh, seeing this on the air, I had to bring it to the show. I took a snapshot of what Global TV was showing during one of their news broadcasts this week, and it is a picture of what they call record gas prices, and they show a tiny image which shows what gas was per liter on average in the GTA in 2008, while oil was at 146 a barrel, and in 2018, what gas is per liter and what oil is, which is now sixty about sixty eight per barrel. So back then, gas was a dollar thirty five a liter. It reached a high. We panicked. We had no idea what we we're going to do to overcome this gain in the cost of gas. Where was this going to burn a hole in our pockets? We're not going to get the income we need. The wage increases to cover this inflationary rise in the cost of gasoline. Now, fast forward ten years later. The barrel of oil has dropped, gentlemen, 53.5% in cost. That's by U.S. dollars, meaning we will get more than a doubling effect on the cost per liter of gas if the cost per barrel of oil were to rise back up to 146 per barrel right now. Are your wages keeping up with it? I don't think so. Are your inflationary expectations being maintained? I don't think so. Most people don't even think about that on a day-to-day basis. But as we said in the last little bit of discussion we had, I'll bet you you're spending more on credit. I'll bet you you're saying, hey, just put the groceries on the credit card this week. It's the worst thing that we could be doing as a country is getting ourselves into crazy amounts of credit debt that we can't afford to pay. So when it comes to oil and gas, We know there is a relationship between oil and gold. We're seeing all over the Middle East right now, the big oil producing countries talking about the need to get a barrel of oil higher in price. Hey, they want to live their lifestyles. They want to keep what they've become used to, Paul, in in the life that affords them the luxury of having anything they want. They doesn't to, happen when it goes their, down to 35 or 40 a barrel. People happy. That's right. Because it's handouts and it's a lot of handouts, especially in Saudi Arabia. Um, but again, you know, the, the, what, what is the cheapest liter of uh, gasoline today? Dollar thirty-five. Dollar thirty to dollar thirty-five. It was, averaging. Only, it was a dollar not so long ago, and um, wind put on this footprint or whatever the thing is. 
It's a it's a money grab on the HST and or the GST, the HST. That's still thirteen percent. So if it's gone from a dollar to a dollar thirty-five, the government's grabbed another six and a half cents or four and a half cents rather. So they're getting seventeen and a half cents on that liter. Um, I don't know. I never get it rebated back. Nothing seems to be getting cheaper. My insurance is going through the roof, whether it's my business insurance, any other insurances that we have. Uh, the cost of running a business is incredible. Nothing goes down. So, And if you look at groceries, which you just mentioned before, putting it on a credit card. Another inflationary aspect, right? You know, uh, it used to be a, lead, a liter of orange juice is now 750 milliliters. A package of potato chips, you open it up, they're on the witness protection program. <laughs> yeah, there's three in the, in the bag. Yeah, of I course. Mean, that's what happened. Everything has got smaller and smaller, so they say there's no inflation. So is this among the reasons why you personally would own gold and silver, Paul? Absolutely. It's a hedge. You know, you have life insurance, you have car insurance, you have home insurance. You don't want to have a fire, you don't want to die to collect, but you have it because of your family. If you're looking to insure your income, your wealth... I'm not telling you to put 100% of, of your wealth into gold and silver. You but could Jeremy put half, said, like the can, Egyptian yeah, guy. If you want to be the you know, second richest guy in Egypt, who must have the smarts to put half of it into physical gold, then maybe you should put 10 15%. Whether you put it through an RSP or a TFSA, as you mentioned, which the TFSA is, to me, the smartest investment. It's a tax-free saving account. We partner with Questrade. They're the custodian. We do all the work. We do all the paperwork. We even have to go through dealing with other institutions to get the money from them to put into the RSP or TFSA. It's like pulling teeth. But we do it. We keep the clients happy. You get the bars. You get the serial numbers. It's a wonderful way to own gold and silver. Or if you're a small investor, you want to get started, go to our e-store, go to preciousmetals.com, and you can order gold, silver, platinum, palladium. We prefer go to, you know, whether it's a, a one-ounce maple leaf, a 10-ounce bar, a 100-ounce bar, same thing in gold. You can get quarter-ounce, little maple leaves. Get started. Have some, you know, every year on my grandkids' birthdays, I give them an ounce of gold. I've been doing this now for 12 years. I've got a 12-year-old and a... And, and a 10-year-old, you know, they're up to 22 ounces of gold. That's going to be a nice little nest egg for when they go to university. All right, we're going to talk more about demand, what's going to happen in terms of silver in particular. Great article from SilverSeek by Jeff Clark. When we come back in that fourth segment, you are listening to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show in the fourth segment here with the boys from Guildhall Wealth Management. Myself, Darren Long, also from Guildhall Wealth Management. We are happy to be bringing this show to you via the Global News Radio Network. And we have been discussing today a lot about gold and silver, guys. But just for you know, our listeners who are listening, we get super excited about gold and silver and platinum, palladium, and there's a lot happening. And you know, a lot of people to congratulate for getting into the market. But we would be remiss if we didn't talk a little bit about colored diamonds. We're coming up to the season where a lot of things happen pricing-wise, a lot of changes coming up. Pink Diamonds in particular, Argyle Mine News. Jeremy, the FCRF is saying a little bit about Pink Diamonds in general, and there's a thought that you have or two on pricing and value. And share it with everybody because it's I think it's an incredible aspect of why you would own a colored diamond, especially yeah, you, pinks. Absolutely. You know, we've been in this market for over a decade. We've been building up our partnerships all around the globe. Um, very loyal. We, we've been able to procure incredible quality 
And the Fancy Color Research Foundation, which we're a member of, have an index of how prices are doing in the market. And this isn't pretty remarkable when you're looking at the pink diamonds. For example, I'll just show you that, uh, well, talk about fancy pinks, for instance, from 2000, January 2005 through June, January 2018 are up 457%. Intense pinks are up 284 and vivid pinks, I mean, if you could find one, Paul, which we did, we, have, yeah. we got a couple, um, are up 391%. So you're looking at annual growths that are over 10%. Uh, a year, and this is what you're looking for from investments long term. Now, and how do they come up with those figures, which is really important? I mean, they get those the figures from wholesale, mm -hmm. from retail sales, from from the mines. So when you're buying, for example, an argyle pink based on one, this is based on a one carat price. They're so rare and the prices that keep going up and up. And the Argyle mine is going to close in 2021. Ah, but, but hold on a second. Take a breath. I'll tell you on this show right now before you say that, that I expect, and I will say it on this show, that Rio Tinto, the parent company, will come out within the next 12 months, mark my words, and they will announce the closure of the Argyle mine effective as of 2020 based on the research I'm doing well, and the people I'm talking to. Well, they've they've stretched it, but either way, either way, we're you know, we're we're getting ready to go to the JCK show uh, at the end of May and you know, last year it was really really tough to find something that matched our quality because we haven't dropped our standards even if the availability of the diamonds uh, are becoming less and less. So we understand that this can be a new market for a lot of people contact us at Guildhall. We'll walk you through what to look for when acquiring a natural fancy color diamond or even just an engagement ring for the first time. You know, we do help people just to learn about the market and learn how to get the absolute best quality diamond for your money. But if you are interested in acquiring something very special like a vivid pink or a, a larger intense pink, contact us at, at Guildhall Wealth. We are going to be going to the Fancy Color, uh, sorry, at the JCK show. And, uh, you know, we could definitely partner with people if they're looking to procure something. If you're going to do it, they're bringing their best product to market Well, when at you the go show. to Las Vegas, you know how big that the Mandalay Bay Convention Center is. You know, it's a four-day event. It could take you four months to walk the convention. The Natural Fancy Color Diamond section is very small. Um, that's from the cutters, the polishers, and the people that are renowned in the business that have been mm -hmm. in, in the business of cutting and polishing for over 100 years. We deal with five or six people that we've been dealing with since we started in business, and they've become our partners and have educated us in what to look for. Um, if they have something special, they put it aside for us because they know the criteria that we look for when we're buying a natural fancy color diamond. When we sell a diamond, you know, it's an, in some cases, it will never come back to us because it gets put into a piece of jewelry and it's passed down as an heirloom. But sometime during owning a colored diamond, somebody wants to sell it down the road when it's appreciated terrifically in value. I'm happy to take back a diamond that I've sold someone because I know that diamond is of incredible, incredible criteria of which meets everything that we need to sell a diamond.
And we're talking about helping the client in the secondary market. Um, it's not necessarily something, you know, there's been a, occasions where we have bought back a diamond, but that, that's rare. Uh, that does depend on the strength of the of the growth in the market. But we've seen clients who've tried to sell a diamond to a wholesaler. And, and of course, a wholesaler is going to give not a good price. They're, they're you know, tenderizing the client to Everybody try to get- to make money, right? Yeah, they want to sure. get the absolute best price. And they're getting it from someone who's cutting the diamond. So, uh, you know, no. the secondary market is like the art market. And the best way to, to be successful in that market is, number one, buy something that no one else has. And the second way to be successful is make sure you're getting the absolute best price when you first buy it. The third thing is, is you have to give that market time. You know, I had, a, I had someone contact us a few weeks ago, and he was looking to sell some diamonds that, you know, were on the lower end scale of things, and he only held it for three years. And, you know, you're not going to, you, you can't, you can't uh, make money in this market in three years unless you're buying something for a million dollars, and then you can do it. So, and we understand what all the rules are and how to make money and, and how to do all that. So contact us about that. But go look at the collection online, guildhallwealth.com. See the quality of the diamonds that we do have as part of our portfolio. I'm staring at, a, at just under a half carat fancy pink right now, VS2 Clarity. 36,000 US puts us in under 50 Canadian. And I can't think of a better way if I was going to delve in and had the money to do so. And it was uh, my intention to be able to grow that wealth into something special. This is a perfect example of diamond. There are many others, so but this much? is one I'm looking at that I, I happen to love this diamond. I love its cut. I love everything about what, the diamond. What, what was the diamond? It's a 0. 0.43 carat fancy pink radiant cut VS2. It's a fancy pink. So what have pinks gone up in the last 10, 12 years? The fancy pinks have gone up over 450%. Intense pinks have gone up over 284%. Now, this is this is the overall. It's not talking about VS. A lot of or the higher pinks, clarities. A lot right? of the pinks that are out there are SI, and that really drops the curve down on these numbers. But uh, but certainly the numbers are there. You want to try to get into a pink diamond. This is something that, for the long term, is going to do very very well. All right, then we're going to go over to guildhallwealth.com. That's the website we can use to see the diamonds. There is the full collection there. We will take appointments in office. We're happy to sit down one-on-one -on -one with you and your family, discuss the wealth a little bit, discuss the options we have for you. And like we said, JCK is coming up. We'll be talking more about that over the coming weeks. Now, before we leave today's show and finish up, uh, we did have an article from Jeff Clark at SilverSeek. We're going to put it into the PMA uh, this week, our Precious Metals newsletter that goes out on Fridays. Go to the website to get that because we're crunched for time, but it does talk about the supply crunch that's coming in silver, and we love talking about the usages of silver, and these usages are growing exponentially. He talks about solar in here. He's talking about it being unrelenting, and uh, the growth of solar panels is just tremendous. He's talking about fabrication demand in China being at record highs, uh, scrap silver supplies being at 20-year lows. So for a metal that's trading in the $16 to $17 range, there's nothing short of a miracle as far as I'm concerned and does represent tremendous, tremendous value. So throughout the show, if you've been listening and you want to get into uh, some silver, simply go over to the website or give us a call at one eight seven seven eight silver There you can find out or order your package free of charge. It's an investment kit that'll give you some information on these markets. We're happy to send that out to you. And again, it's free. 
the monthly and weekly newsletter that comes out, the Precious Metals newsletter, also something that you can get yourself onto. And we did not have time again today for the Jim Records article, which we'll put on that newsletter as well. So we are coming to a close here, gentlemen, and this is an opportunity for people to know that we can get their product to them. If you want to buy gold and silver and take it home, no problem. If you'd like to store it, we have the depository. You have options for storage all around the world. So if you're listening, you're high, you're a high net worth individual and you want to have some storage of bullion in other places in the world, or if you're an individual that cares and is very involved in uh, wealth and wealth management within the self-direction area, then perhaps you want to talk about storage in other places around the world. Having assets that are there might help. You can get into the registered accounts. That's also an option in TFSAs or in your RSPs and other various registered accounts. We spoke about the allocated financing. Let us give you an example. When you call, we'll be happy to send you an email, give you an example how the concept of other people's money has benefited people tremendously in these markets. And uh, lastly, gentlemen, on next week's show, we will be talking more about our upcoming guests. We do have Berwick lined up. We are going to be looking to get Andrew McGuire, uh, the uh, whistleblower, as people know him in the silver market and community. And there's a lot happening. So to those that went to the seminar, thank you for coming. You'll be hearing this show on Saturday and Sunday. And uh, we look forward to speaking with you again. This has been The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management on Global News Radio 640 Toronto.